You're tuned to 104.1 FM KSGF. And we're going to throw it to the news. And the first alert forecast sponsored by Navon Employee Benefits That Work. We have a wind advisory from Tuesday through Wednesday morning later this week. Today, sunny with a high near 62. Tonight, slight chance of rain with a low of 46. On Tuesday, rain and windy with a high near 57. And Wednesday, sunny with a high near 70. Currently in Springfield, it is sunny and 39. And real quick, I want to tell you about my friends over at the Pyramid Roofing Company. You know, we are slowly moving into the springtime, believe it or not. And uh, that is the time that a lot of people start to kind of focus on some of those repairs that need to be done outside of the home. And one of those things oftentimes is the roof. So if you are in that situation where you are needing a roof estimate or you're wanting to go ahead and have a look at what is going on with your roof because winter has been brutal, highly recommend my friends over at the Pyramid Roofing Company. Now the Pyramid Roofing team, they have been providing top quality roofing in the Show Me State since 1992. They're veteran owned and operated and uh, they are just all around good folks. So if that is the type of company that you are looking for, look no further than my friends over at the Pyramid Roofing Company. Now, you can find all of their contact information housed at ksgf.com under the Sarah's Endorsements tab. That's P-Y-R-A-M-I-D, <laughs> yes. Pyramid Roofing Company. Yes. You always make fun of me for spelling things out. <laughs> hey, it helps. Well, with with beetles, I can understand it because you are thinking, okay, is it a bug? Is it a car? Well, let me tell you something. It works because you know how to spell it. Uh, that's right. But I knew how to spell it prior to because I've seen their vehicles around town before go. they became an advertiser. There you go. And I've also seen Pyramid Roofing Company trucks yeah, all you, over the state of Missouri. You can't miss them. They and are Oklahoma. Red, white, and blue Americana. That's right. I'll tell you what, though. That you're talking about right now is a great segue back to Michelle because we're supposed to be eating bugs, aren't we? Michelle, this is Patrick Holland with the Missouri Freedom Initiative. How are you doing this morning? Hey, Patrick. I'm well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's uh, I want to say it was a real pleasure meeting you and your husband a couple of weeks ago up in Jefferson City. Yeah, it was great to meet you as well. It's always nice to connect with um, some freedom lovers and and um fighters i tell you we're we're in the heat of the battle right now on all all different fronts aren't we we are in fact i'm um it's an honor to spot to speak with you this morning because i i wanted to talk a little bit about the partner list of the wef the implications of that because we're talking about how they infiltrate every aspect of our lives and their agenda may not jive very well with the average person's agenda certainly not the family's agenda but they are taking over state and and national agendas all over the world aren't they yes they are and i think you know for someone to even have a basic education about the world economic forum is a big deal but once you delve into to that aspect of it and realize that they've infiltrated uh, retirement systems um Mm -hmm. through blackrock for instance um who happens to be the largest assets manager in the world um, um, your investments mm-hmm. uh, through, you know, I won't name any names, but through through whatever investment company, uh, all of this is affecting affecting the money that you are investing and saving, and um, obviously ESG um, factors yeah. into all of that as well. Kind of touching on what Tom mentioned earlier about ESG. So Absolutely. yes, it's inf- every area of our lives yes in fact the it's the 
uh, the economic impact, you know, the partnerships, what does it mean to be a partner with, you know, a Target, for example, you know, Target Superstore is a, is a partner with the WEF. What does that mean exactly? Well, it, it means that you uh, agree to implement their agenda, and their agenda is <laughs> quite simply um, you'll own nothing and be happy. Yeah. And so, um, you know, they're starting with the big corporations or have started a long time ago. This is nothing new, um, but have really been pushing for this um, ESG to be implemented where you're environmentally and socially and governance um, complying with their standards. And, of course, that filters down um, to us, but... These companies, uh, corporations, I would say it's probably easier to name the ones who are not part of it than the ones who are part of it because just about every company has been um, uh, enrolled in this or impacted. And uh, we, I, don't, I don't know that we have many uh, corporations or companies that are willing to stand up to this agenda. It's a, it's a transfer of wealth as well, you know, really, if you... If you look at it from like a country perspective, uh, everything that's you know being forced on us, we have um, John Kerry, you know, standing up before the World Economic Forum. Yeah, I believe we need to we need to pay reparations. Uh, let's let's see, is forty billion enough for you? Is forty trillion enough for you? Um, you know, we. We need to make payments on this. And so, of course, the, the U.S. taxpayer is on the hook for all of this. So yeah, and it's never ending. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to point out, though, I mean, folks can easily go online and look up who's partnered with the WEF by going to weforum.com slash partners. It almost sounds like I'm advertising for them. In a way, I am. <laughs> because I want people to know how many businesses they're they're actually doing business with con- conducting transactions with that are actually partnered with these folks at the World Economic Forum it's really surprising walmart is on the list of course you know yeah. uh, you know people like me who are it people i mean you'd be surprised how many it companies are involved with them as well but i encourage people to look at the list it's eye opening careful now because yeah. in reality i might be able to see some business from that in the cricket farming there you go we're going to eat crickets <laughs> crickets mealworms that's right I mean, yeah. mealworm milk absolutely sounds disgusting you're tuned to 104.1 fm ksgf good morning everybody congratulations to the kansas city chiefs i do not have to pay for my annual super bowl bet I'm a victor. The best one, though, I have to admit, is when Tampa Bay beat Kansas City because the guy I have this annual bet with adamantly hates Tom Brady. <laughs> so while we're while I'm watching the Super Bowl, I'm texting his wife going, hey, just quietly mention, oh, isn't Tom Brady great? <laughs> <laughs> Eventually he started texting me going, would you shut up? Uh, with me on the phone is uh, Michelle Latham. Michelle is an individual who is kind of, uh, for lack of a better word, I guess she's a watchdog for the uh, the World Economic Forum out in uh, Cape Girardeau. 
And Michelle, is there some like a uh, a website or a web page or a Facebook group or something that you or anyone has kind of started to get more informed on that? Like if there's people who are listening to this podcast that happen to be over in that area and they want to participate or to help, is there an area where you have that availability? Sure. Um, so we have a, a Telegram uh, group set up. I don't know if most people are familiar with Telegram. It's a social media site. And um, we have a group set up called WTP against WEF. So we the people against World Economic Forum. And um, they can join there. Um, I also have an email address if, if they are interested in specific links or maybe some foundational information um i'm I'm happy to provide that we actually hosted a a group of about a hundred uh farmers and ag community folks uh, a couple of months ago um just a very small group myself and a couple of other people we hosted them and uh, put out a presentation for them to help them understand uh, how the world economic forum is affecting agriculture in other countries and what they've done to Sri Lanka uh, and Holland and are continuing to work in other countries to destroy uh, them from a food production standpoint. And so um, I have an email set up for that, and it's at saveag at proton.me. Did you say stay bag as an S T A Y B A G? Save as in oh save save okay S A V E A G A G save ag okay that's not what I heard. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I heard it properly, but Michelle, (laughs) I'm I'm so grateful you're out there doing this stuff, and I would like to talk a little bit about the energy energy concerns that we've been seeing, you know, because you mentioned Klaus Schwab, uh, or more specifically, the World Economic Forum, starting in 1971. In the late 70s, mid-70s, we had uh, an oil crisis, didn't we? Uh, we? And it turned out not to be what they said it was, which was the world was running out of oil, therefore we all needed to pay four or five times more than we were used to. And, of course, that ended up not being the case. But energy concerns around the world shifting to sustainable forms of energy. And uh, the World Economic Forum, do they have anything to do with that? Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they have their hand in everything. So anything to bring about the destruction of our economy and our society as we know it, and because it is called the Great Reset for a reason, Right. Uh, They want to reset everything that we know to be um, currently and establish this this new world order, Uh, not conspiracy, it's fact. Um, And so, yes, they're very much um, a part of that. That's uh, one one of the aspects of their agenda is the green agenda, the climate change agenda, uh, pushing for you know sustainable and safer options and so anything related to um, consumer uh, consumption uh, production they have their hand in it so 
um, yes, you name it, they're in it. And energy is one of those things. Okay, let me let me put you to a stop. We have a, a commercial break. You're tuned to 104.1 FM KSGF. Good morning, Springfield. Michelle, we've probably got about six, seven minutes. So one of the things that hasn't been discussed, and I think it should be, is the the partnerships with Vanguard and BlackRock as part of the World Economic Forum. And they are, to most people, Vanguard is a huge company that deals with uh, mutual assets for retirements and things of that nature. A lot of people probably aren't aware of what BlackRock does, but there are, in passing, there's a huge amount of uh, corporations that deal with people's retirement money that's deep, deep, deep into the World Economic Forum. So is there a is there a little discussion involved in that that you could help out with? Sure. Sure, yeah. Um so as I had mentioned earlier, BlackRock is the world's largest assets manager, and they are very tightly intertwined with the World Economic Forum. In fact, I think it was about probably three or four weeks ago, um, it came out, I, I won't say in the news, but you know, since I kind of follow uh, World Economic Forum a little more closely, um, they were proudly posting that the BlackRock CEO was the only uh, CEO that was allowed to come over and um, meet with them directly uh, there in Davos. And so um, they are working very closely together to implement the World Economic Forum agenda through the investments in the retirement system. So anyone with a a state pension or retirement uh, through the state and then – Investments, again, with your financial advisors, um, these companies are being pushed to jump onto the World Economic Forum uh, guidelines and agenda to enforce the ESGs, and uh, your investments are profoundly affected by that. Um, Not only is your individual are your individual actions impacting that, but the companies who they invest your money through have to be uh, part of the ESG compliance in order for you to get the optimal amount uh, of investment out of your money. And so that's why a lot of the attorneys general, uh, I think there were 16, 18, something like that um, a few months back that, all came together and started pushing back on this ESG agenda. And um, there, several of them are fighting against it. I'm also working with um, <clears throat> Senator Bill Igel and um, Representative uh, Barry Hovis from my area and uh, working on a, a state level to have some things put into place uh, to push back on it. So, we do have some area politicians and lawmakers who are aware of what's happening, and uh, um, they're working on that with me as well, so I'm thankful for that. So go ahead and one more time give the give the uh, the way that people can contact you, because I, I know that uh, you've got to do some packing and things of that nature for your return trip. 
So that way people can get a hold of you or they can figure out what it is that the World Economic Forum is doing in Missouri because I know LEED certification is huge in cities like Springfield, Joplin, Columbia, Kansas City, St. Louis, just about any larger metropolitan area. There is a huge contingent of people sitting on city councils or county commissions that are absolutely in love with these LEED certification programs. <laughs> yeah, and the, the unfortunate thing is, is most of the city council members or city um, officials have no idea, um, you know, the United Nations or, again, the World Economic Forum are even involved in a lot of this stuff, and they're just happy and delighted to comply. So, um, well, that being said, again, you can reach me at Save Ag. Um, at proton.me. You can also just Google my name. Actually, I own a a business in Cape Girardeau, and if you just Google my name, last name is spelled L-A-T-H-A-M, you can can find my office number on there. Happy to take a call uh, from you that way if you, you know, have some questions. Um, Happy to email uh, some information to you or kind of put you on track to get some foundational understanding of that and then also the telegram group uh wtp against wef we the people against world economic forum you can join that um we're constantly i'm constantly putting things on there um about the world economic forum and just things that are happening trying to keep folks abreast of the moves that they're making and and uh, what's taking place. So hopefully, and I know, you know, people are starting to join and it's, um, the word is spreading, which is good. So all of those ways you can contact me. Okay, well, have a, have a safe trip back. And perhaps when I'm in Cape Girardeau, or actually, I think it's Cape Girardeau, the last Saturday of February, I have a constitution class over there. Maybe we can do lunch. You're tuned to 104.1 yes. FM KSGF. Springfield's Talk 1041, your first alert forecast. We have a wind advisory from Tuesday through Wednesday morning, but today it's going to be sunny with a high near 62. Tonight we have a slight chance of rain with a low of 46. On Tuesday, rainy, windy with a high of 57. And on Wednesday, it'll be sunny skies with a high near 70. Currently in Springfield, it is sunny and 38. Good morning, Springfield. You are tuned to 104.1 FM KSGF. And because Nick has started this morning segment with Eric Burleson on Mondays, I thought it would only be right to continue to have him on for his Monday segment. So with me on the phone right now is our current congressman, Mr. Burleson. And before you say anything, I do have somebody in studio who wants to give you a hard time. So hang on one second. Representative Burleson, this is Patrick Holland. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, how are you, Patrick? I'm doing great. Hey, listen, I was hoping for your take on a very, very animated and passionate speech by AOC on the House floor talking about Jewish space lasers. Oh, (laughs) 
I didn't see that one. You didn't see that one. Gotcha. Uh, unfortunately, I did, and I, I don't know where she's going with that, but I was wondering if there was some sort of committee being formed in Congress to somehow decipher what she was talking about. Space Force. Space Force. It's already been, okay, it's already gotcha. been established. Well, well, All right. <laughs> I'll have to look that one up because I don't I, I don't I don't uh bite what everybody thinks. I don't I don't watch everything she's doing. <laughs> okay, gotcha. And I didn't mean to imply you did. I was actually trying to put a smile on your face this morning and yeah. say thank you for your service in Congress. Oh, thank you. All right, Tom, you gotta join me, okay? Okay, well actually I how, I, I actually how about first like the first first thing in the morning I gotta say, how about them? Chiefs. Well, see, I I get a free meal because of those Chiefs, so I'm I'm quite happy. My annual Super Bowl bet is a buddy of mine always gets the NFC team. I always get the AFC team. Of course, I'm from Pennsylvania, and the the Eagles were in the Super Bowl, so it was kind of I wanted the free meal, but I'd also like to see my my home state team win. But either way, I was going to be a winner, so it didn't make a difference to me. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, but I, I got to know, why is it when, when AOC gives such a passionate speech on the floor of Congress that you're not in attendance? Isn't that your job? <laughs> no. I mean, not the you – know, it is it, – the way they do the Congress is different than the, than the Missouri House and the Missouri Senate. Okay. See, they don't have – so in the Missouri House, you're not allowed to go into committee or or vice versa. Uh, they can't go into the session if committee has not if the committees have not ended. So when you for example, when, in Missouri when you go to when you go into you, you go into morning session like ten AM and they gavel in and all that, and then they'll break and everyone goes to a committee hearing. You, the committee chairman couldn't start committee hearings until you, until they broke session. It's just part of the rules. You can't, but in the, on, in Congress, they can, you, you could have your committee chair have committee hearings and they, they still have session going on on the, on the congressional floor. Now they don't generally vote on bills, but it's just speeches. It's the, one-minute speeches, one-hour speeches, 30-minute speeches that you see. So members can uh, can go and, and line up and, and give their speeches. Well, I'm thinking C-SPAN is probably doing well financially with AOC doing all these weird speeches over there. The entertainment value, it's just enormous, I think. It's, uh, there's a lot of entertainment up there, for sure. Yeah, embarrassment factor, too. I want to commit... I'm on oversight committee with AOC and um, Marjorie Taylor Greene and uh, Lauren Boebert. And, and uh, I, it's funny how many cameras are in that room. And the moment these, these individuals, they don't have to be talking. They could just be sitting there taking notes. And reporters will be, will have their cameras focused in on them and, just, and, the, and the clicking. It's like, you know, whatever you see it on on TV whenever a movie star is moving and they they're hitting that button on the camera and it's taking a bunch of pictures. That's what they do with these individuals. They're just taking rapid fire. Um, I would call them automatic uh, cameras, mm-hmm. automatic shooting cameras. Oh, wow. 
They're just click, 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 click. So they're assault cameras. <laughs> if you if you define them the same way uh, Democrats define uh, firearms, yeah. Well, a- absolutely. We we have to keep the definition the same. Anything that fires rapidly simply by pushing a button or pulling a trigger has to be an assault camera. Those things need to be banned. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> hey, Representative, uh, I'm, I'm that curious. That would be Congressman okay. Burleson. Okay. Got Show the man some respect. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm terribly sorry <laughs> about call that. Call me Eric. Okay, call Eric. Eric. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I am really, really interested in some of the legislation that's going on in Congress right now. Normally, I don't pay attention, you know, to the federal level. Yeah, more into the state stuff, as you know. But uh, there's uh, something going on with the flat tax up there. And I was just kind of curious if there's any updates on that legislation. So I don't... I've not heard much about the flat tax. I have heard about the fair tax. The fair tax, I'm sorry. Um, and I... I have always, ever since Neil Bortz was on radio, he would talk about it. Um, I, I at first was, I, I was first a little bit skeptical because I don't trust Congress to eliminate the income tax. I, I, I've always thought, well, we're, well, we'll end up happening, which is a worst case scenario because I don't trust Congress is to add a new tax, a, a um, value-added tax on, like a sales tax on goods and services, and then keep the income tax. Because mm-hmm. that's generally what you would expect out of Congress. But the but if it is possible to do what they, to truly follow the, you know, the recipe for the fair tax, which is to repeal the 16th Amendment and then allow Congress to impl- impose a, a a sort of a sort of sales tax um, on goods and services, if you if you really if that's the case, if that's the question, it truly is a much better way to collect taxes. It's more efficient. Um, you're taxing consumption or the destruction of goods and services as opposed to the creation of goods and services or capital goods. So, and it's hard uh, it to causes an economy to accelerate, and it causes growth. Sure, and and, and one point and it I'll encourages make, savings. Yeah, you're right. That's a very very excellent point. Encourages savings, but it's really hard to weaponize a sales tax, a consumption tax, you know, like it is income tax. Right. Yeah, but sadly, right. there's We're, not enough people who are knowledgeable enough, like Bortz was. Mm-hmm. To be able to explain how it is that a consumption tax versus all the embedded taxes that are already in products, we lo- when when Bortz retired, we lost that, or I should say, the movement lost that spokesperson, and now the information's kind of gone by the wayside. We have a commercial, so you're tuned to one hundred four point one FM KSGF. Good morning, everyone. This is not Nick Reed. It's Tom Martz. Nick is. Uh, Suffering from the uh, the Super Bowl victory last night, so he's recovering. With me on the phone is Congressman Eric Burleson. And I understand, Eric, that you are a co-sponsor of the Audit the Fed bill. Is that accurate? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, is that going to be 
Is that going to be an actual full audit, or is that going to be a piecemeal audit like that's already occurred? No, it's it's a full audit, and I, Thomas Massey is the sponsor. I'm excited for one to to work with him. He is probably one of the most brilliant members of Congress, um, and and the most one of the he is the most hilarious. If you've ever talked with him, he's he's personally a very funny individual. And, um, and, but very conservative. He's got a lot of really great ideas. And, um, I just like to be around him to kind of absorb as much as possible. Um, with the granted, I did look up, Patrick, the space laser. Okay, gotcha. Quote. You got to see and it I now. Know what, <laughs> and I know what you're referring to because I do remember the speech. I didn't watch her speech, but I do remember her speech when she was trying to defend Ilhan Omar and she basically was, um, like screaming and carrying on, and she—that reference she was trying to attribute that to Marjorie Taylor Greene, because Greene at one point had made some some Facebook post that was quickly deleted related to um, attributing the wildfires in California to lasers that were owned by the Rothschilds or something. So <laughs> okay, gotcha. But what I do want to say is what's pretty interesting is that now Russia, with all of the stuff that's going on, it it, it looks like either Russia or China are, are lighting up the sky with these green lasers. Did you guys see that? I did see a video this morning, as a is matter of fact. Is that what we're shooting down? I don't, I don't know. I do not know. What what is it's like? It's weird that it's all happening all at the same time. And I have asked my my staff to get to find out when we can get a briefing, when we can find out what's going on. We I got a briefing about the Chinese spy balloon, but all of this new activity is is it's crazy and it's but it's fascinating, and uh, we we've got to get down down the bottom of what what these objects are. Now, let's be honest. It was a Chinese weather surveillance balloon. And, Eric, I was hoping it was a Chinese pinata filled with cheap Chinese (laughs) goods, you know, for children of America to enjoy. As soon as it was popped, it would be raining down, you know, trinkets. And it turned out not to be the case. Right. But I would like to see... I would like to see, in reality, somebody to superimpose the jet stream that week with the movements of that balloon. I mean, we've got enough technology that somebody should be able to do that. Because it just seemed rather odd to me that this this balloon that's supposedly blowing by the jet stream ends up going over top of all these military installations. And then if that's the case, then apparently whoever put all these military installations in had no clue of the jet stream back when they built them, or else they would have never built them there because it allowed a balloon to go over the top of all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I thought of that, too, that what if this platform, because that original Chinese balloon was massive. It was, um, you know, it, the the apparatus, the infrastructure was huge. It was, that's and that's what they claim was the reason why they didn't take it down because it was so heavy, so huge that it would have it would have caused some destruction when it hit. 
But so the question is, was it a, a delivery platform for these other devices? Yeah, could they right? control I, it remotely don't. from China? Uh, or, you should yeah, be able so, to tell that simply by looking at the jet stream. Because based on the wind that day, I could swear here in Springfield the wind was actually blowing the other direction. It was blowing due north, basically from Texas up. But that doesn't mean that's what the jet stream up above is doing, because it could be absolutely doing the exact opposite. So I'm willing to say, hey, perhaps. But I would actually need to see some concrete evidence that this balloon was just navigating its way across the United States on on wind speed alone, and it stopped. Well, we now we go ahead. Yeah, we now know right. We we know that it was not. Um, it was navigating itself because it changed direction. It went. It was. If it had just followed the the wind, it would have it would have continued across Canada. But it turned course and went south through the United States, and then turned course. And we we know. I think. It, that's been in the press that, that the device had um, the capability of navigating itself. Well, it had some kind of propulsion system then, maybe a smart weather balloon mm-hmm. or something. It was a wind shear. Yes. Ah, wind shear. Gotcha. <laughs> but that thing was traveling higher than airline traffic goes. It was about 10 miles up is my understanding. And yeah, the first object was 60,000 miles up. 60,000 feet. Large, that, yeah. Sixty thousand, sorry, sixty thousand feet up, and then the next these these other ones, the one that was shot down in Michigan, was at like that's the most recent one. So the next one was the one that was shot down in in Alaska. It was around forty thousand feet. Um, the one that was shot down in Michigan just I think yesterday was twenty thousand feet. Wow, those are in airspace. I meant uh, air traffic space. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, the original one I thought was much higher than than that, but uh, those others are definitely within airline traffic space. Okay. Do we really yeah. know if anything was really shut shot down over Michigan and Alaska? And you'll have to answer that question when we come back from these crash commercial messages. So, tune to one hundred four point one FM KSGF. Yeah. Now Kansas City's got everything it needs. With a Super Bowl victory. With me on the phone is Congressman Eric Burleson. Now, Eric, I did ask you before the break, are we aware or do we know that there was actually anything shot down over Michigan or Alaska? Or are we being told stories to become conspiracy theories later? Uh, That's an interesting question. Um, I think that the the fact that there's so many people involved with these, it would be pretty difficult to pull off a a, a fake shoot down of a of these objects. Well, um, you say that, but look at how long it's taken for UFOs and the 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 knowledge that they absolutely do exist to finally hit mainstream. Or whatever UFO is considered. I guess that's why it's called a UFO, because it's unidentified. But, you know, we've, yeah, we've, we've, we've been watching these things happen for for some time, right? We've seen there's a lot of footage of Navy pilots that are watching these, these objects that they can't really identify, that their um, the radar was, isn't picking up. It's 
inter interfering with their instruments. And that has been reported in the news uh, on these uh, planes that have identified these latest objects. They've, they've been identified from the ground, and, and then the pilots go up, and then they're able to pinpoint them and, and get visual confirmation. And they tr and try to inspect them from the air as much as they can before taking them down. So I'm not sure if, those, if the things that we're taking down are the same objects that previous Navy pilots have seen, but certainly we have seen some strange things flying around the skies the last few years. Well, I would say Occam's razor says that, I mean, the simplest answer is probably the, the one. And I, my guess is that it's, it, it's either a foreign actor like Russia or China. And these are objects that they like advanced drones, or it is, it could very well be a, a commercial, um, the commercial development of, uh, or experiment of, of of some form of new drone that has not been reported or is not following um, aviation laws. Okay, why can't it be Canada? You me you mentioned China and Russia. Why can't it be Canada? <laughs> I guess I. I guess I just didn't didn't think of Canada. They're suspect. Capabilities. They're suspect, Eric. I don't know if you know this, but we, their coins do not work in our vending machines. I'm just going to throw that out there right now. I mean, maybe it's something you can look into in Congress there. And their money is a funny color. They've yeah. got blue ones. They've got red yeah, ones. They they've got gold ones. They've I, got... I know. You, we just don't know what's going on. You just can't on. trust it's those people. They're from a foreign land. Yeah. Yeah, we might be on the on the verge of an invasion. We don't know it. <laughs> Well, they can't come through the border normally, so they may be, they may be using weather balloons. Actually, there is, and I and I've read it on in multiple publications. We do have a border issue with Canada, mm -hmm. and we have a not not to the degree that we have in Mexico, but there is a an unabated migration pattern that happens in Canada down to the United States. It's just ignored. Mm -hmm. We always. We always look at the southern side and go, oh, look at this, look at this, look at this. It's one of those things that, well, as long as we're concentrating down there, we won't know what's happening up there. So I I, well, I would keep I, your eye on Canada, man. Don't don't trust and, and them. I, I'd have to look at the data, and I, and I understand what you're saying, Tom, that there are a lot of Canadians that immigrate to the United States. Um, I wouldn't exactly the, call that immigration that happening up there – as Canadian. Oh, right. Um, yeah, I'd have to look at the data to see what how many of them are. They may live are, in Canada, or they may take temporary uh, asylum in Canada, but that's not what's coming down here. Right. There, there is a lot of Canadians that seek freedom and immigrate legally into the United States, and generally when they do, they're, they've built up wealth and want to bring it with them. Hey, I'm going to have to hold you off because we've got a hard break. You're tuned to 104.1 FM KSGF.